boldly before your throne of grace this morning. We thank you for the privilege that we have to open up the word of God this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. We thank you for your anointing that's upon the word. We thank you, God, that as we teach the word of God, we yield ourselves to you, spirit, soul, and body. This word falls upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. We ask this in Jesus' name. And God, I want to thank you for the presence and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit during the praise and worship service. God, you are so worthy. You are so wonderful and awesome. Your presence is so awesome, and we glorify you for that. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, we'll start off with a nugget this morning. God doesn't call the qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Amen. He qualifies the called. Put it all together. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We've been looking uh, at wisdom and what the Bible says or what the uh, Bible projects about it. So uh, turn with me again to Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. So wisdom and understanding are, go, are going to work hand in hand. Hallelujah. And of course, in, in, uh, if we lack any wisdom, God gives us the opportunity to secure wisdom personally into our lives by if we look at James chapter 1 verse 5 it says if you lack wisdom ask of God that gives to all men liberally Amen. and upbraideth not and it shall be given unto him so all you have to do is ask God for wisdom believe it and you get it what's well, good news some of us so, have been so far so much in the dark so where am I going to get it we got to go to God. Go to His Word. Interestingly, we found out that um, wisdom has built a house and we find its uh, foundation. We want to look at the foundation. Before you put the walls up, we need to look at the foundation. And that was found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 and verse 30. It says, Christ is the power of God. That's in verse 24 and the wisdom of God, but of him ye are in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So glory to God. We have wisdom given unto us also. Going back to Proverbs chapter 9, it tells us a little bit. This is where we get this seven pillars that we are talk, began to talk about. And uh, 
Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. So there are seven. Besides, once we have the foundation of Jesus Christ, we need to build upon the wisdom that he's given to us. The seven pillars are to establish, to be established in our lives, I should say. And we have been matching the seven pillars of wisdom to the seven abominations of, uh, that God looks at in uh, Proverbs 6.16. Um, so we just back up a page or two. In Proverbs 6.16, these are the things that the Lord doth hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. So we have seven pillars that we've been looking at and also they coincide to the seven abominations because we see that they kind of oppose one another. Our first pillar was wisdom. Of wisdom was anybody? Anybody? Meekness or humility. Meekness being one who quietly submits themselves before God. Do we have any meek people here? Being one who quietly submits themselves before God to his word and to his direction, and is patient before God and complies with God's design for his or her life. So just like uh, Moses was the most meek person there was, we need to be just like Moses. We need to submit ourselves to God, to his word and his direction, and see what happens when, in our lives. Okay, the second pillar of wisdom can anybody tell me that one? Truthfulness. It means loyalty, correctness, and accuracy of habitual adherence to the truth. Truth will always guide you and keep you free from the deceptions of the enemy. Glory to God. So we live, we live, we're living in the last days and it says where deception would come. But if we have truth, we will know when deception is coming. Truth, is wisdom, truth in wisdom is the, the, a dramatic... Truth in wisdom is a dynamic... I can't even get the words out now. Dynamic. Force in a believer's life to bring victory. Amen. So once you have truth, you're going to have victory if you keep with it. Amen. Now, the third pillar of wisdom is what we're going to be looking at this morning. And if we'll turn all the way into the New Testament and find chapter 10 of Hebrews, that's chapter 10 of Hebrews. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to verse 24. That's Hebrews 10, 24. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. First, I want to look at one of the words. It said to consider. Consider means to perceive clearly, to understand fully, to be intense and to behold. So that's consider. To perceive what clearly, to understand what clearly. He says... Look at verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto what? Love. So the third pillar 
of wisdom is love. We need to have that nature or that love built up if we're going to have a good, we have a good foundation, but we need to put a found, uh, our building up. So we need to have love. Thank you for the amens. Glory to God. Love is found in wisdom. Turn with me to John chapter 15. Book of John chapter 15. Don't you like going through the Bible? Well, you're going to go through it again. John chapter 15. Verse 12, Jesus is speaking. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. So we need this pillar in our life. We need to have love. Glory Amen. to God. If we love or care about others, it will manifest in our hands, in our lives. Uh, our hands will depict love, care, and ca the capability of, of bringing forth love. Our raised hands, like this morning, to God in worship and praise shows our willingness and openness to loving God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope you raised your hands this morning. If you didn't, you got a chance to do it now. Amen. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Not a one of you raised your hand. Maybe we'll better go back to the song service and start praying, making the music out there and see if how many of you raise your hands. You asked if no one raised their hands, and maybe they all did. Did I say nobody? Okay. okay, then I stand corrected. Okay, I stand corrected. I raised my hands. I didn't look around to see if anybody was. I was too busy worshiping God. So that means everybody did. Okay. Hallelujah. In love, we have the ability to understand, to care for, to be considerate, and have regard, and be thoughtful towards others. Amen. Boy, that is rough on those of us that step into the world. And we kind of get angry. None of you do that, but you know, like I said, when I, I go into the parking lot and I'm, I see a perfect spot, I don't have to... Well, I don't do that anymore. I park way out on the outskirts so nobody's going to hit my car. When I come back out, I get mad then, because everybody's around my car all of a sudden. I look around the car and see if there's any dings, no. dings. <laughs> I park way out there, unless I'm with the wife. But I parked way out there. I could, I could find my car that way. If I park it in the middle, I can't find it. You know, you know what gets me is you go in the parking lots, and they usually have labels, you know, aisle one, two, three, four, five. I forget to look at it, and I walk out, and where am I? All these cars. So that's why I like to park way out there. I can see, oh, there it is. You know, have nope. you ever noticed how many white cars there are? <laughs> I've never had, well, I had a white truck once. You had a white, you had a white Chrysler. That's right, I had a white Chrysler, and you had a and white Corvette. And we had Corvette. a white Oldsmobile. <laughs> a white Oldsmobile? Oh, 
What? Oh, that's true. Well, forget it. I guess I did. I didn't consider them white. <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> anyway, most cars are white nowadays. If you really, you know, when you really go to looking for your car out there, it's hard to recognize it sometimes, <laughs> especially the store that he shops at. Praise the Lord. Anyway, let's get back on love. I think we need to be on love. Get out of the parking lot and go to love. Okay, yeah. let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 8 this time. That's Matthew chapter 8. Jesus is our example, prime example, for he is love, and he stretched forth his hands in love. So we're going to look at look what our hands need to do. Matthew chapter 8, looking at verse, beginning with verse 1. When he was come down from the mountains, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst cleanse me. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What did he put forth? His hand. A hand of love. We need to put our hands out in love towards people. Not cleanse fish. Not, not to strike but to help, a helping hand. Glory to God. You know, not too many people would have touched this man, put out their hand and actually touched him. Really, that shows love. How many of you would, if you saw a leper, would go over there and the man came, would, would touch him? That's, that's love. You know, to touch, you look beyond. You have to look beyond everything on the outside and see Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember this man was most of the time yelling, unclean, unclean. Mm -hmm. Nobody would touch him. They'd run away. And to show love, you touch. Right. We need to recognize that Jesus went out and touched people. Uh, verse 14, same chapter. And when Jesus came, had, was come into Peter's house, that's verse 14, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. So we see here, Jesus again, someone was needing healing here, and he touched them. Well, that's love going forth. Love heals a multitude of sins, or covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 9. We want to go to verse 27. That's Matthew 9, 27. We have a leper, someone that was sick, and now in verse 27 of uh, chapter 9 of Matthew, And when Jesus had departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come unto the house, 
the blind men came to see him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said, Yea, Lord. And then touch he their eyes. According to your faith, be it unto you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He touched them. Amen. Now, I, I heard something real interesting the other day. Um, when Jesus, you remember, there was another blind individual. This is just a little bit off. But again, Jesus is going to use his hands. It was at, near the pool of Siloam, and there was a blind man there, and he asked to be healed. And Jesus stooped down and spit in the ground. Ugh, you know. And he made spittle, and he put it on the blind man's eyes, and that man's eyes opened up. I found out something very interesting the other day, is that in the Hebrew culture, that the eldest, eldest, firstborn, I'll put it there, firstborn, his saliva, they felt, had healing power in it. And who was the firstborn of God? He had the healing power. And he put that, that mud, that clay, on his eyes. Wow. So some of you, find, like I say, find, find, find the firstborn and have them pray for you. If they're a believer, have them pray for you. <laughs> you know, there have been individuals that have healed people in their ministries by spitting on their hands and putting, I don't know if they were firstborn or not, but hey, if they take it, if you take it and you believe it, what's one that one song we sang? If you believe it, mm -hmm. you got it. Whatever you bind on earth. Thank you, Lord. Uh, let's go on to uh, one more. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14 this time. Can I read the Amplified? Oh, she's going to read the Amplified from Matthew 9. Verse 27 through 29, is that the one you want to do? Yes. As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men following him, shouting loudly, Have pity and mercy on us, son of David. When he reached the house and went in, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith and trust, and reliance on the power invested in me, be it done to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus earnestly and sternly charged them. When you look at this, when you come up in a line for healing, or when you go to Jesus, I found this very interesting because most people don't do this. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith and trust, and reliance on the power invested in me. Your trust, your faith, and your reliance on the power invested in Jesus, be it done to you. You know, next time you pray, you know, when you go to pray to him, think about that. We are trusting, we're, we're taking our faith, and we're trusting on the reliance, 
and the reliance on the power invested in him. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalms 107, verse 19 and 20. And they cried unto the Lord, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all, uh, all destruction. When I, when I read the word of God and I come across a scripture, I, and I begin to speak it forth and I stand on that scripture, I am... Believing with my faith, I'm trusting in him on the power that was, is invested in him to do what his word says he has done and will do. And that's how we need to go to God. I'm relying on the power that is invested, has been invested in you, Jesus. You know, the Bible says we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. That's powerful. When you think about it, that is so powerful. It's the word. He sent his word and healed them. Hallelujah. Okay, baby, go okay, ahead. In Matthew chapter 14. You want to go to or find verse 31. Here we, we have, uh, this is, Jesus walking on the sea, and Peter asked to, if, if that's you, Lord, call, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter started walk, got out of the boat in this stormy seas and started walking. And all of a sudden, he started, he, he looked about and saw the, the, the wind, not the wind, but the turbulence of the waves, you know. How many ever been out there surfing? Or just been out there, and or just at the at the at the shore there at, at, on the ocean, and the waves come what <laughs> crashing in, and how many at least got we'll say uh, waist deep, and then a good wave comes and it kind of overthrows you. Well, this this is what was happening to Peter. All of a sudden, he was walking out there, and all of a sudden, a wave goes over him, and uh oh, and. He starts sinking, and look at what Jesus says in verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. He what? He stretched forth his hand. That love, and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore dost thou doubt? No, still he's, he's reaching out with love. His hands are love. Amen. Jesus is right now <coughs> seated in heaven, interceding for each and every one of us. But there's individuals that are needing a touch. And he's called each and every one of us as believers to use our hands to touch people in love. We, need, we also need to walk because he's the head, we're the body. It means he tells us where to go. He says go there and you have to walk to that individual and you touch them. And you're believing for healing to come that end of it. Something's going to drastically take place. Can I read this in the Amplified? She wants to read that in the Amplified? It's, um, when you, you know, I hate seeing pictures of Jesus that looks like some skinny, wimpy man. How many have ever seen those pictures? 
Now let's look at this. This, this, this really, when you read this, you started with what was the verse? Well, if you want to start from the very beginning, it's in verse 22. Okay. Then he directed, 22. Then he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he, went, when he, while he sent the crowds away. After he had dismissed the multitudes, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was still there alone, but the boat was... By this time, out on the sea, many furlongs, a furlong is one-eighth of a mile, distance from the land, beaten and tossed by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch between 3 and 6 a.m. of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost, and they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them, saying, Take courage, I am. Stop being afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat. And everybody knows that Peter was a big, burly fisherman. I mean, you don't. it took a lot to haul those, those um, nets in and, and do the things they did. Anyway, he said, Bid me to come. Okay, here we go. 29. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, and he came towards Jesus. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened, and he began to sink. Now, you notice up here earlier, Jesus said, be not afraid. Stop being afraid. He'd already told them, don't be afraid. And so Peter gets out, and he starts coming to him on the water. But when he perceives this strong wind, he was frightened, and he began to sink. Do you know what will make you sink quicker than anything else? Fear. Fear. It's the total opposite of faith, and fear will cause you to sink. So here he is, this Peter, this big guy. He starts to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me from death. Instantly, Jesus reaches out his hand and caught him and held him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? So here's Jesus holding Peter up. How many have ever tried to hold someone up in the water? I'm serious. How many? I took lifeguard. You know, I lived in Santa Cruz, and, you know, there was a lot of, one time there, there was a tidal wave warning, and, my friend and I got in the water, and we ended up, I ended up going under the pier, and there was a little boy on a raft that, thank God, got saved. But anyway, it was hard. I mean, it was rough under there. And, um, but here's Jesus holding up Peter. Jesus is the strength, the power of God. Just, he's strong. He can hold up any situation or circumstance that comes about. I don't care what it is. And it goes on to say, why, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat knelt and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they crossed over to the other side, they went ashore to the garrisonette. But you see, he had already said, You're going to the other side. They were going to the other side because he spoke it out. Whatever the Lord speaks out or whatever he says is going to happen. But the enemy took, came 
to try to prevent them from going to the other side, getting to the other side, which Jesus already spoke into existence that they were going to. That's exactly what the enemy does to us. The word says something, we stand on the word of God, we, we get out in the middle of it, and then the enemy tries to come and bring whatever he can bring to make you think it's not going to take place. Number one, stop fearing. Trust the word of God and know that you're going to make it to the other side. Hallelujah. So anytime you see those little wimpy pictures, don't even think about that because Jesus stood there and held him up. Held him up, helped him into the boat, then the wind ceased. That's the power of God. Hallelujah. Nothing's too big for your God. Amen. Amen. So loving and caring about others will cause you to have helping hands. All right? Uh, Jesus could release his power by his words, but touching them, he showed his love and concern. Um, you can touch people with a smile, a warm hello, a phone call. These all show love, concern, and are significant to those you come in contact with, okay? Uh, let's go to the book of Luke now, Luke chapter 22. That's Luke chapter 22. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We're going to look at another, another area, what, like I said, sometimes a smile, concerns so forth and so Luke 22 we want to go down to the verse let's go to verse 60 that's 2260 and Peter said man I know not what thou sayest and immediately while he yet spake the cock crew Sometimes the peanut gallery gets upset. <laughs> Verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Jesus' look of concern and compassion Crush Peter's heart. Yep. He had a defiant heart. Just, just a second ago, he he's told the guy, I don't know this guy. Forget about it. Get away from it. And all of a sudden, when Jesus speaks, it crushed him. When you speak in love, the enemy has to bow. Amen. Hello. Glory to God. Let's go to Hebrews now, Hebrews chapter thir 3, Hebrews 3. We're going to have to close it. Did you hear me? You didn't. Hebrews chapter 3. 
Verse 13, Hebrews 3, 13. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any be hardened through deceitfulness of sin. Let's read it from the Amplified. But instead, warm admonition, boy, admonish, urge, and encourage one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, by the fraudulence. I can't even get these words. All right. And stratagem. You want me to read it? Go read it then. I think you're just going to start praying in tongues, frankly. Stratagems, stratagems, the trickery which the delusive glamour of sin may play on him. Okay. That it? That's it. What are you, what are we to exhort one another with? We've been talking about it all morning. Tell me. Love. love. We, of course, exhort one another in love. Ring-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. Don't start. Yeah, well. We have to hold, uphold one another in love. I'm going to get, we're going to get an air condition here with sprinkler systems. <laughs> What is the deceitfulness of sin? You get a squirt gun. Verse 12. Do you want me to read Take, that? <laughs> Take heed, verse 12. Brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief. unbelief. What is unbelief? In what? In God's word. You have unbelief in God's word. Your position in Christ. We have unbelief there. Unbelief can shake and destroy love. Oh, John. <laughs> yes, Marcia. You heard that one of John and Marcia, that one? No. <laughs> that wasn't me with the other girl. Say that, that, but I love you. And what happens? There's unbelief there because she saw John with somebody else. He was just given a ticket. No. <laughs> I think you need Unbelief will destroy love. Okay? Some of you, it's just... <laughs> Maybe I didn't, I didn't approach it right, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. John and Marcia. Well, that's that, that's when you want to put unbelief in there. You've got to have some joy here, I'm telling you right now. Start laughing, you may as well. Joy and love go hand in hand. I'm going to tell you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. A lot of Christians don't have much joy nowadays, and so they don't have a lot of strength to, to go through what's going on in the world. I hate to say this, they get all bound up. and Listen, folks, what's going on in the world is prophesied in the Bible. 
Why are you so upset about it? All this means is we're going to get there closer, faster. I quit watching the news when I did that sermon between Thanksgiving and the week of Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving, I think it was, Thanksgiving and the next week. That was it. I haven't watched it since. It's it. That's it. Was it. Because all it was doing was unsettling me, and the Lord just flat said, why are you letting this, I'm paraphrasing, why are you letting this bug you? Read my Bible. He says, I said, this is all going to happen. So why watch it? Why watch? It's the same stuff over and over. Pray. Get as many people born again as you can and keep your heart right. Don't waste time on watching a bunch of crud that just goes over. It's like a record. They may as well just put it on a record over and over and over again. When you have the word that tells you where we're going, how we're going to get there, and when, when all pretty much when all this is going to take place are the signs and wonders that are happening around. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. You see that over there? <laughs> yeah, but I've been letting them out at okay. early every Wednesday night. And last, <laughs> last Sunday I let you out early, so today, put your seatbelts on. <laughs> Don't blame me. It's good for you. It's good to be in the, being in the house of the Lord is better than being anywhere else. How many know that? Amen. Yeah. See, you don't, you won't be first in line at McDonald's today. Just okay. Let's go to Proverbs chapter six. I'm, I'm going to finish this one out today because we got another one next week. So, and we need the love. You'll love me after this, even though. You, Uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 6. We've been looking at love. Now we're going to see the opposite of love at, in, in this Proverbs chapter. Look at verse 17. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. We looked at the proud look. was the humility. A lying tongue was truthfulness. And hands that shed innocent blood. What's that to do with love? Most of us... I would say I would never have murdered anyone physically. But if we look more intensely at this abomination, I can honestly tell you each and every one of us has shed innocent blood. Are you ready? Read that in the Amplified and it'll help a lot. She said 17 for the Amplified. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. Two, a lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. Okay. What, how, where, and when did you and I sh shed innocent blood? We have uh, shed innocent blood by talking to people and leaving them with the wrong impression about someone else. It sounds like gossip to me, doesn't it? Uh, spreading rumors and telling half-truths. Thus we have damaged one's character and reputation and ministered deaf to them with our own tongue. Uh, this is a strong uh, statement, but it is no less true to Scripture. This is evil in the sight of the Lord, just as if you and I had stretched out our hand and shed innocent blood. Uh, 
Uh, this type of character assassination is a power tool in the hands of the enemy. And we let our tongues get in the, in the enemy's hands. A lack of knowledge has caused us, not, uh, caused us not to understand love and follow Satan's leading into the shedding of the innocent blood, especially in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, people are just shooting each other, stabbing each other in the body of Christ. Well, did you see what she did? When you see what he did? That's, that's shedding. Because your opinion is different from what the other person says. And maybe you want to... They, had all, they got all the blessings last week. I didn't get any, so I'm going to just kind of, you know, shoot them down so we, you know, make me feel better. Hello. So there's shedding uh, instant blood. Using wisdom's pillar of love, we will recognize God's will for each and every situation and circumstance. If any time we have produced hurt or harm, we have not operated in the wisdom of love. We can't allow our hands to show help and caring when the next moment we shed innocent blood through the use of our tongues. So what are you going to believe? Loving hands or a sharp, two-edged, rotten tongue? What are you going to believe? Who would you believe? Oh, you're such a nice person, but you ratty. Who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the negative side about that person more than you, oh, you're so wonderful. But take that! Oh, look at this. Right? We need to operate in love. Some of you have just, oh, Pastor Dave. Pastor Peggy usually does that. Not Pastor Dave, he's loving. <laughs> Boy, it's getting hot up here. <laughs> cool off, cool off. <laughs> you got that hot pink on. <laughs> Wisdom of love will motivate us into, to generally want to care for others and to, to be a blessing to them. 1 Corinthians 13. We finally got there. Hallelujah. Anybody tell me what chapter that is? It's the love chapter. You need to read it. <laughs> Especially verse, verse 8. You're going to read the whole chapter, but I want you to emphasize yourself on verse 8. Look what verse 8 tells us. Love or charity never fails. Love will never, if we are operating in love, it'll never fail. Glory to God, hallelujah. Okay, what else is, uh, let's back up one book to the book of Romans chapter 12. We're kind of closing this real quick here. Romans chapter 12. Looking at verse 9. Let love be without dissemination. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. 
So love has to be sincere. Sincere. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. That's first. Now we're going to start traveling. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. You need to underline this one and say, this is my scripture. Are you ready? That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, looking at verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love towards one another. Oh, glory to God. So that, if you, you need to take that scripture for this week and say, this is me. This is speaking of me. I am the epitome of love. Some of you just, okay. So our love should be abounding. Glory to God. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. I told you we're going to travel through your book this, this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1. Looking at verse 22. Seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unframed love. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to have fervent love. Amen. Let's go to John. Let's back up a little bit. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, looking at verse 35. That's John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So it's proof of our believing. We need love. Romans. Oh, good old Romans. Romans chapter 8. We're just about done with this portion. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the Love of Christ shall tribulation shall or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or, or pale, pearl or sword. We should not, love should not be separated from us. It's inseparated. Amen. Glory to God. Inseparable. Okay. Uh, Romans 10. Bless you. Romans 10. Chapter. Uh, Romans 10. Verse 24. Oops, I got that one wrong. Doesn't go that far. Cross it out. It was where it's supposed to be. Love is not easily provoked. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians then. Let's back up to 2 Corinthians real quick. Not back up, go forward. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ constrains us. Love constrains us for being bad. Hello. That's another one we need to operate in. And finally, going back to Proverbs chapter 6. In conclusion, pardon me, Proverbs 4. Talking about wisdom. Proverbs 4, we're looking at verse 6. From the Amplified, forsake not wisdom, and she will keep thee, defend thee, protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Glory to God. Amen. If we have love, we are guarded. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. So we went through pillar number. Three. What do you think pillar number four is going to be? All right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What's it going to be? We're going to find out. Uh, <laughs> next Sunday, you will find out. Be here. I didn't write it on the paper because somebody would. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's good to have joy in the house of the Lord. If you can't have joy in the house of the Lord, you better give it up. <clears throat> no, don't give it up. You keep on trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but you better go somewhere where there is. Okay. Get a fire lit under you. Okay. If I can have my able helpers for the communion. The first chapter of, pardon me, the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul instructs us on receiving the, the communion table. Beginning in verse 23, says, For I have received the Lord, that which was also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood, this do ye off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Again, the bread represents Jesus' body. The bread is unleavened bread, or matzah bread as we call it. It has bruises, the dark marks on your bread, and also there are stripes there portraying 
the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was an example of what his body would go through to give us excellence of health that we not, may not have to endure the curse of the law on our bodies. So Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we take this bread representing Jesus' body. We thank you, Lord. He did it all for us because he loved us. Thank you. And now as we look to the cup, it's New Testament. Because of his blood that was shed, we're made clean. All sin has been removed. And God is now our God, our Father. We have been engrafted into the family of God. So Father, we praise you, we just give you thanks that this cup represents a new beginning for those who have received Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's all stand. You can greet one another in love. Okay. okay. The wife is going to close for me, so I will. Praise God. Give him a chance to get out and meet Vincent. Praise you, Father. Father, I thank you for the word that has gone forth today. That we take this word and realize that we are to walk in love in every circumstance and situation. I pray for each person within the sound of my voice as this tape goes out over the air. I thank you, Father God, that every person will be touched. This will be the best week of their lives. God, I thank you that things that have been hindrances move out of the way. For your word promises whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven and so God I pray that this week people are touched and ministered to and doors open for them in areas that they've been standing and believing for that no man can shut I thank you that the favor of God rests upon them 
And I thank you that the anointing rests upon them. And so, Father, as they go with God this week, I thank you they will see changes, supernatural changes in situations all around them. Supernaturally, God, you're going to bring people to help in areas that are needed. And you are going, Father God, to use the people of this church to go forth and minister to those that are hurting. As we walk in love, God, I give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. I pray blessings upon each person here in Jesus' name. Amen.